Joe Pag Show. Call 210-737-1200 or 800-383-9624. And now, Joe Pags. Hey, glad to have you here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show. Great radio stations across the land, including the American Now stations. From San Antonio happens to be a Tuesday. I, 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 That's a crazy train Tuesday. Come on. Bring it. No, 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 no. Voodoo, no. Voodoo, come on. Oh, yeah. Glad to have you here. Welcome to the program. Thanks. There is a lot going on. We'll have um, Lamar Smith on. He's a U.S. representative from the great state of Texas. Have him on at the bottom of the first hour. Actually, I think it's about 20 minutes after the the hour. And uh, about executive amnesty, what the House of Representatives is going to do about executive amnesty or what they want to do, and um, where we go from here. That'll be, Carrie, that'll be interesting. I can't wait. Yes. People want to hear that. They sure do. I will certainly ask him how he voted on on keeping Boehner as the speaker. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure I know how he voted, but but we'll ask him anyway. Okay. And uh, I will certainly ask him about Obamacare and what is or is going to be done about it. I will certainly ask him uh, whether the president should have gone himself to France or at least a representative of this administration. I think I know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But as usual, when I'm going to have a lawmaker on, I open the phone lines. Now, uh, today and tomorrow are, are a couple of these special days where we have a different phone number. So if you're used to the phone number for my program, I appreciate you, but it's going to be a different number. It's going to be 877-927-2639. 877-927-2639. And, of course, if we're going to say it like um, you know, like the old-time broadcasters would say it, it'd be 877 877- <laughs> no, 927 2639. A lot of Shevins in there. Is that, is that how they do it? It's a Shevin, yeah. I do believe it's spelled S H E V E N. I think you're right. So, uh, what, what, no, what happened this morning? Oh, my goodness. I ran over a deer this morning. You ran over a deer? But I have to say, it could have been a lot worse. This was a dead deer. Well, now, were you driving and the truck or the car? I was driving my car, taking my kids to school. Dude. And I'm on this country road, and it's very dark. And smack dab in the middle of the road. There it was. Now, is yeah. this uh, in your new neighborhood or the old neighborhood? Uh, this is. You haven't moved new... yet, have you? Not quite yet. Mm-mm. All right. But so this is, this is definitely hill country where there's deer everywhere right now. Now everywhere. let me tell you this. Yeah. I've I've lived in the quote unquote hill country of Texas mm-hmm. for approaching ten years now. I've I've hit one deer, which messed up a, a, a nice car. And I narrowly avoided quite a few more. So mm-hmm. be extra careful. I know. I know. Because they're out in full force right now. Now, this one so. was already dead? It was dead, Or it was just yeah. taking a nap and you ran it over while it was well, sleeping? Well, I'm thinking it was dead. It might have taking a nap. taking a nap. They're pretty dumb. Uh, they like to dart out across the road in front of you. But I think this one was dead already. So Which everybody's okay. Everybody's fine. It could have been a whole lot worse. How's the car? Uh, it's in the shop right now. 
Really? So it, yeah. it, it took a little bit of uh, uh, took yeah, a hit? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Wow. That's deer hair stuck underneath my car and everything. So, uh, yeah. And this was this morning? that fixed. It was this morning. Yeah. So it's a pretty good chance you were drunk. I was not drunk. You were not drunk. I was not drunk. Absolutely not. On a cell phone? No. No, no, Putting no. On makeup? Just take him. No, I'm take being a good mom. I'm taking eating my a burger kids to school. I was not burger? eating anything, drinking Big anything, muffin? talking on the phone. No, Picking none your of nose? those things. No, <laughs> I was not. No, scratching your face. Nothing. Uh, no, nothing. You were engaged in the process. I was. and decided screw it. I could move away from the deal. Let me just run it over. <laughs> Okay, it, Did you really it not see it? So was fast. it dark? I, it was. It's pitch black. It was completely dark. The Why do you children go to school out. when it's pitch black? These poor kids. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was right before seven o'clock, and it was still dark out there. And there are no lights. This is a country road. There are not. There's no lights out there anyway. So I didn't see it until it was too late. Although we say everything is bigger in Texas, hmm. and generally speaking, it's true. Um, the deer I hit in Michigan. Was, was just like, screw you. <laughs> and I had like this 1995 Chevy Blazer or some crap. It was just this, this you know, tough little SUV thing. Mm-hmm. And and the deer was like, yeah, right. I'm telling you, these things are beasts. They will totally wreck your car. But everybody's okay. Everybody's fine. But, but you freaked out, though, when it happened. Yeah, I did. A little bit. Well, not too much because I had to keep it together for my kids. They were a little scared. It was scary. Bobby, why'd you um, kill the nice fine. deer? <laughs> you get a lot of that. It. it was already dead. It was already dead. Now, uh, for promise. for those who are wondering, uh, uh, we do have the cell phone law now, the ordinance in San Antonio. You were not in San Antonio, though, right? No, I was not. But I All wasn't right. talking on my phone either. Yeah, sure you were. So uh, we have the cell phone ordinance in San Antonio now, which a lot of you have in a lot of your cities across the nation. Actually, had a guy contact me on Facebook the other day, and and he asked me if I could give him. The, the the part of the audio from my show where I made the argument against the the held uh, the handheld cell phone law, and I was like I, I don't know the, mm. the, the so I gave iHeartRadio you can always go to iHeartRadio.com iHeartRadio.com and then put in the search field Joe Space Pags and all of my shows will come up and you can go listen to any show that you might have missed or whatever he found it like from last Thursday or something wow okay but I wanted to put this out there for the city leaders in San Antonio who happen to be listening they all listen. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, there are a bunch of Democrats, a bunch of liberals. They still listen to my show every mm. single day. They can't get um, enough of Wanted it. to put that out there. And then um, wanted to tell the local police, the local leaders, and the mayor, those who, well, the police didn't vote for the ordinance, but but those who put the ordinance in place and those who would um, enforce it. I want you to know something. I did not talk on my handheld cell phone today. I followed the law. But I did reach over and grab a paper towel. Mm-hmm. I then blew my nose with both hands while driving <gasps> with my knees. Oh, you can't oh, yeah. do that. I no. then drank a protein shake. I then grabbed no. a can of soda and drank it. I reached towards <laughs> my radar detector, moved it to a different place on the windshield. I then turned the channel on my radio. I had Dude. an itch on my left buttock. So I scratched my ass while I'm driving that's, down the road. That's like five tickets right there. What, what, no, no. no. no yeah. None of those things are illegal. Wow. You're not following me. 
None but of those things are it? illegal. But, but I can't touch my phone. phone. That's right. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how stupid this law is. Oh, seriously. And I considered stopping and buying a side of beef to eat while I drive down the road, which there's no law against. That's true. But there's a law against me even looking at my phone. Mm-mm, don't look at it. Stupid. Don't touch it's it. It's stupid. Mm-mm. It's dumb. It's useless. If I'm driving like an ass wagon, then pull me over. Ass wagon! Then pull me over. And then give me a ticket for careless driving or reckless driving. There is no need for an individual law or ordinance about touching your cell phone. Don't you touch the you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Oh, and then I put a CD in the thing. Then I took oh. the CD out, looked at it. Then I put it back in, and then I took it out, it's looked at it again, good. just because I can. And Dude. you can't give me a ticket. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's just the dumbest thing. Seriously. Oh, then I moved my visor. Oh, wow. That's and then I start. You're right. My right buttock started itching, too. Oh. Mm. Went right at it. Bam. You, know, you had, to, had to scratch that again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I sometimes, if I'm tired behind the wheel, will drive with my chin. <laughs> Don't do that. They can't that's do anything about dangerous. it. No mm. law against that. No, that's true. That's true. I just, as I'm driving to the road, I notice the things that I'm doing. Seriously. <laughs> and then, and then, I immediately think to myself, you know, that's not illegal. I do that all nope. day. I know. Right. But man, I want to touch that cell phone. No, you can't. Mm-mm. I'm going I'm I'm to no. touch that cell phone. No, no, no. 1-800. No, it's not. It's one eight seven seven today. 927-2639. 877-927-2639. When we come back, I'll have um, Republican representative from the great state of Texas, Lamar Smith on the line, and we're going to talk about executive amnesty. We're going to talk about Obamacare. We're going to talk about Boehner as the speaker and whatever else pops in my brain. Keep it right here on the Joe Pag Show. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Darn right, it's the Joe Pag Show for a Tuesday. 877-927-2639, 877-927-2639. You can always contact me via the website. It's JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S.com, and click on the Facebook or the Twitter or the email address. I'm still hearing a lot of feedback from people on that 17-year-old who doesn't want the chemotherapy. Her parents don't want her to do it if she doesn't want to do it, and it could it's 85% likely to save her life. Um, I stand by firmly what I said yesterday on that, and and I appreciate you engaging me on Facebook, but that's not going to change. Look, you guys are taking it the wrong way. You think it's about big government, central government power and control. It's not. It's about a child, somebody who's seen as a child by their state or by, the, uh, by their municipality, not having the right to deny themselves medical care. And if their parents aren't smart enough to get them the right care, it's about the community saying, oh, we're going to save her life. One eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine. No, we're not going to talk about it here again today. But if you want to, you, the the conversation continues on Facebook. All right, we've got Lamar Smith on the line, District Twenty One Republican from the great state of Texas. Lamar, how are you? Fine, Joe. Good to be back with you and your listeners too. 
Always glad to have you on, and and I'm wondering, are you still the science, space, and technology guy, or are you somebody else now? No, I'm still just uh, became chairman again of the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, and uh, we've got lots to do. We want to keep the Environmental Protection Agency honest. We want to uh, go after the Department of Energy and make sure it really is uh, going to allow the fracking to occur that has increased our jobs right. and charged our economy and so forth. So we've got lots to do on that committee, and we're looking forward to to doing everything we can to make the lives of the American people better. Well, to that end, when you see somebody like the the governor of New York, Cuomo, yeah. um, when you see him ban and the legislature there ban fracking in the state of New York, what goes through your mind when you see somebody that that uneducated about about the fracturing pro- uh, process that he would that he would push for something like that? And that bias, it was interesting because the governor of New York appointed a task force to see if they could frankly come up with anything wrong or anything uh, contrary uh, to the environment uh, that might be caused by fracking. They couldn't come up with anything. So they said, yeah. well, we couldn't come up with anything one way or the other, so they decided to ban it. It was, it was. We can't, we can't come up with anything, so we're going to ban it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for no good reason other than the bias that they have. And, you know, the, the governor just seems to be, uh, frankly, in control of very liberal immigration groups, and that's why he went that direction. But it was harmful to his own state. Uh, there's no pollution, contamination that's been identified with fracking, and yet it creates an incredible number of jobs. It reduces the cost of energy, makes us less reliant on foreign oil, all the good things that come out of it, and it's less harmful to the environment, uh, shale gases, than other forms of energy, if they want to argue that. And yet the government, contrary to the interest of his own state and the country, decided to ban it. It just makes no sense but then again um he didn't uh, uh he didn't seem to make much sense when he was trying to give the rationale for banning it uh, oh and by the way because of fracturing because of the oil and gas production we have here in the united states right now uh we are not as reliant on foreign oil therefore the foreign oil companies opec and the like are are dropping the price per barrel trying to hurt the fracturing businesses so yeah. that i mean they did this in the 80s too where they dropped the price down to i think eight dollars a barrel so that we were we were paying pennies at the pump so that we would become reliant on them again we are we are becoming self-reliant a huge oil producer why new york wouldn't want to be a part of that blows my mind yeah, it, you're right. They're aligning themselves, in effect, with OPEC, trying to control what happens here in the United States. The way to address the Middle East, and uh, they're trying to reduce the price and put our oil companies out of business, of course, is to keep producing, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, to fracking, when it comes to shale, oil, and gas. Uh, it's The process is known. Uh, we know it can be successful. It's changed the entire economy for the better. Uh, no good reason not to not to do it. By the way, no good reason while we're on that subject for the president to issue his veto against the uh, Keystone Pipeline, which is also going to create jobs, also going to uh, help us be less reliant upon foreign oil. Uh, same category makes no sense. Well, it'll make us less reliant on unfriendly foreign oil. I mean, Canada certainly is foreign oil, but they're our really, really good friend. Um, I look at Canada as our little brother. I think that they feel great about the relationship. They're not going to do to us what we've seen the Middle East do to us, take the money that they make from their oil and then turn it uh, you know, into weapons and, and turn it on us. Saudi Arabia, like it or not, isn't a friend of ours. I just don't believe they are. And, and there are so many people in that region that have become powerful because of our need for 
for their resources when we have it right here in Canada, right here in the United States, right there in Mexico, and probably there's a lot more that we haven't we haven't gone and gotten because of of people like Andrew Cuomo in New York. It's uh, District 21 Republican Lamar Smith, great state of Texas. Lamar, every time I have you on, I get a bunch of email from people and a bunch of phone calls from people saying, "Hey, good interview, really appreciate the information." <laughs> and then the, then the second number of people who get a hold of me say, "You're always lobbing softballs at him. You're his buddy. You kiss his rear end, and and, and you're not and you're not gonna, you're not holding him to, to to account." Well, that's not true. You and I have gone back and forth right. on some things, and I'm got I'm I'm gonna go at you right now. Okay, what were we thinking? When the decision was made in the House of Representatives to keep John Boehner as the Speaker of the House, when Boehner has made it clear that he doesn't know that he's going to go after Obamacare the way that a lot of the voters who put you guys back in November wanted him to, and he's also, he seems to be wishy-washy on immigration. Now, you voted for him, right? Right, I did. That was not a vote for his policies. And the Speaker and I certainly do not agree on every issue. You mentioned immigration. I also disagreed with the Speaker on the latest uh, spending bill, which I voted against. Uh, But the Speaker had no credible opposition. Uh, It takes 218 votes to become the Speaker of the House. Uh, The opponent with the most votes was 12. And so uh, why, in this case... Uh, vote for a losing candidate or wasting a vote or whatever. I, I can I can understand that, and I appreciate where you're coming from, but you and I both know that there is sort of a veto process that it ha- had there been 29 votes against John Boehner as the Speaker, it would have gone to the next level of the process, and maybe somebody does come to, come to the forefront. Because here's what's real, uh, Lamar, and, and no, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Go ahead. It would have been worse at that point because then you force the Speaker. He's not going to give it up easily. Uh, he's probably going to go get some Democratic votes, and that's even going to pull him farther the wrong direction. So we, we had no easy out there. I think the solution is for those of us who are conservative, and by the way, I have a lifetime uh, conservative voting rating of over 90% by the yeah. American Conservative Union. Those of us who are conservative can do far more to try to set the agenda. I'm doing that as a committee chair. We have five other committee chairs from Texas. We're all conservative Republicans, and we're the ones who are going to be able to influence the agenda. And an example of that is the vote tomorrow to defund the executive immigration uh, orders by the president. Uh, right, I, and, and I want to get into that in a second, but but here's here's what I think as the layperson, and you and I both know that I'm pretty dumb. I mean, you tell me that all the time. You're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, here's here's why you guys won in such a landslide in November. Here's why the Senate went back to the Republicans because you and and, and others in the House and uh, Cornyn and Cruz in the Senate have been telling us for years and years, give us the Senate back, give us the Senate back, and watch us become small government lower taxes, less power and control, more freedoms and liberties, guys. Give us that power and we'll do it. The reason why I believe November, the November election went the way it did, Lamar, is for one reason. The fraud that was perpetrated on the American people called Obamacare. That's why. And if Boehner doesn't have the wherewithal to go after Obamacare wholesale like we want him to, we feel like we're getting gypped. Well, I think we are going after Obamacare, and I include, uh, I include the speaker in that. He has filed a lawsuit against the Obamacare, against the Health Care Act. We're going to have more votes uh, to try to defund Obamacare. Um, so uh, we're doing everything I think we humanly can to fight Obamacare, and the, the leadership is a part of that, and I think that they are sincere in wanting to defund it, just like we're trying to defund the amnesty yeah. tomorrow. We're making some good moves, and I think people 
are going to be pleased with the votes we cast this year. I think they're going to be pleased with the legislation we move. But I have to say, in regard to taking the Senate, we have 54 Republicans there. You need 60 votes to break the threat of a filibuster. I don't want to raise expectations too much. We're not going to unilaterally be able to pass legislation in the Senate. I am almost out of time. I need you to very quickly, like 20 seconds, tell me about what you're doing tomorrow. Are you going to be able to stop executive amnesty or not? This is a vote that a lot of conservative Republicans, and me included, have been pushing for for a long time. We are going to successfully vote to okay. defund the president's illegal, unconstitutional, unlawful uh, executive orders giving amnesty to millions of people. Let's talk again very soon. Lamar Smith, District 21. We always appreciate it, Lamar. Thank you. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. I'm glad to have you here. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Your thoughts on what you just heard, my interview with Lamar Smith. Again, he's a great guy, and uh, and he's certainly somebody who leans conservative. And if he's got that 90% plus rating, that's good. Um, I, I, however, always butt heads with Lamar and or John Cornyn or some others. When, um, when I get the answer, well, we really... We really wouldn't have been able to, so that's why we didn't try. And I get there are political ramifications when you try. When you try to oust the sitting um, speaker, if you're unsuccessful, you're going to have political ramifications. Maybe Texans don't get to chair a bunch of committees. Maybe, you know, Nevada gets punished. Maybe Washington State or Maine, you know, get 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 in trouble. Or, or Kansas or or Kentucky, you know, now are on the outs. I get that you want to represent where you're from the best way you possibly can, and you do that by chairing committees or taking part in committees or whatever. I understand all that. But at some point, when you tell us, well, wait until next time because we're really going to get them, I really want you to get them. I want you to really do what you said you would do. No, I do believe that tomorrow is going to be a really good step. I do. I think tomorrow will be a, a really good step toward defunding executive amnesty. That's the plan here, to defund executive amnesty. Well, what does that mean? Well, the president, and again, the election had nothing to do with, with amnesty nor immigration. You're like, well, what are you talking about? Of course it did. Carrie, you know why he didn't? Why? Because he hadn't done it yet. Obama waited till after the election to make any move on executive amnesty. There was actually, oh, it looks like it's going to happen before Labor Day, remember? And it never happened before Labor Day. Then the election came and went, and the reason why Democrats lost so horribly in that election was Obamacare. Because right then, Gruber the doofus, that video surfaced saying, yeah, we lied, yeah, we weren't transparent, we couldn't tell them the truth, call it the stupid American voters. That's what happened, and it got everybody really mad, even people who had been voting Democrat for a very long time, a very long time. They still went and voted for um, for the Republicans. They just wanted the Democrats out. They were going to make Obama and Pelosi and Reid pay for forcing this law down our throats, and the like your doctor, keep your doctor is a lie. Like your plan, keep your plan was a lie. Save twenty five hundred a year is a lie. Um, your plan's not going to change at all if you like it. Just not true. 
That's why the election went the way that it did. So as much as, you know, going after executive amnesty, as much as that's cool, the reason why we put you there was to, to get rid of Obamacare and to fix the lies that have been told to us. And I don't hear a lot from Washington as to what they're doing. Well, we're going after Obamacare. We're, we're trying our best. We're doing it. Well, well, Boehner has pretty much said you can't get rid of it. And certainly when it comes to amnesty, when it comes to immigration, I don't think that he's the strongest leader. So, yeah, there was a process that they could have taken to the next level. They didn't. And that bothers me. And I'm not afraid to tell them that. All right? one 877 927 The story, the actual press release says... Congressman Lamar Smith, Republican from Texas, joined 15 Texas Republican colleagues in support of legislation the House plans to vote on this week to fight against President Obama's unconstitutional executive amnesty. Um, Smith says he's, uh, he's supporting legislation in the House. It would both defund the unconstitutional immigration actions the president took last November and many of the president's policies that provoked the deadly surge at the southern border last summer, I urged my colleagues in the House and Senate to join us in strong support of this legislation. I mean, it's interesting. It really is. It's interesting because this, I think, is the fight the president wanted. And you start wondering, was this a diversion from the very beginning? Was it? Oh, by the way, I'm getting people commenting on my Facebook page, Carrie, wondering why you hate deer. I do not hate deer. Didn't mean to do that today. Why does Carrie hate deer? One guy said, does she not have headlights in the car? I don't know. Yeah, I do have headlights. Thank you. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. That's funny. Yeah. No. Um, Well, it does have, I've seen your car. It appears to have headlights. It does have headlights. Yes. It was an accident, people. I didn't mean to do it. Wasn't planning on doing it. Joe, the 17-year-old is not a 5-year-old, so stop doesn't work. It's about not being your child or child. What? It's not up to you. Who are you? I'm the guy trying to save her life. I'm sorry. I'm just live Facebooking. Hmm. So shut it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell the guy, so shut it? Yeah, you can. I just did. You're good. Oh, yeah, I brought it. Oh, been brought yeah, you did. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to executive amnesty, is that a diversion to keep the House busy and not going after Obamacare? And I urge the House of Representatives and then to push the Senate as well to, yes, defund executive amnesty, which shouldn't have to be defunded because it's unconstitutional anyway, and, yes, go after Obamacare at the same time. Get rid of the individual mandate. Get rid of the, the extra taxes on, on equipment. I mean, just just start tearing it apart and and do it now. No reason to hesitate. Just do it now. All right. It's uh, 877-927-2639. Different number today for the next couple of days. 877-927-2639. J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot com. JoePags.com for email or Facebook or Twitter. Let me go to the phone lines here. Jeff is on line one in Ohio. Jeff, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Living the dream, man. What's up? Uh, well, I, you know, this may sound like a stupid question. I, I was kind of hoping Lamar would hear this question, too. Uh, but being a pastor here, uh, being born in California, being raised in Massachusetts, 
Uh, I've been pretty I've been pretty brainwashed on on some things, but I got this thing in the back of my mind that I refuse to listen to every so often, and that's that. Well, the government's big and they can just do whatever they want, and you know, you just we just need to get used to it. And then you hear people saying, "Oh, well, you know, politicians are all they're all uh, they're all wicked. They're all whatever. They, there's really no point. There's no such thing as a good politician, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." Well, here's the thing: I'm losing courage. Uh, I'm losing confidence myself in, in what's going on. And I, I'm just curious what Lamar or anybody else would have to say to tell me that anything's going to be any different than it has always been. And I guess I'll just leave it in your hands to do with what you want. And maybe there's somebody else out there that wants I've got nothing, I've got nothing to do with anything with, with, with what you just said. I think there is going to be a difference. I don't think they're all the same. I disagree. You probably think they're all the same because you, you grew up in California and Massachusetts. Those are awfully blue states, my friend. You have been inundated with, with, a, with a bunch of crap. So, so I'm here to tell you, I don't believe that they're the same. I do believe that you can balance the budget. I do believe you can spend less. I do believe you can tax lower. I do believe that a lot of good things can come about if we keep on choosing the the right people to put in. Unfortunately, it looks like we might not have gone conservative enough. I hope we did, but we'll see. Right. Right. Well, okay. that, that's the thing. I guess that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody I'm looking for somebody to spend a lot more time encouraging people to understand that there is a possibility of picking thing picking up the pieces here. I mean, I I hear a lot of crazy stuff. I I'm in a very conservative area. I'm very conservative myself. And we, you know, we, we want to see something change, and yet there's, there's just a sense of hopelessness in people. They just, well, look, well, look, we had an opportunity there and we blew it. You know, so, I don't know, I just, I'd like to hear something from somebody that would just encourage people to realize, well, you were going to do the, you know, maybe this is the end, but we're going to do what we can and occupy until, until that time. That, all right, Jeff. Listen, I, I just think that you're way too much of a pessimist for me today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. Thanks. Um, I, I'm I'm looking glass half full. You know, we've suffered through six years of the Obama administration, and we're still here. Um, although we're a very different country today than we were six years ago, we've suffered through six years of it, and we're still here. I think we're going to be okay. Um, and we just made a really smart decision in November to to at least move the country back more center. And by the country, I mean those representing us in Washington. And that's a good thing because now you can stop this very, very out-of-control, left-leaning craziness that's going on. I, I don't see it as overwhelmingly negative like you do. I think that we, we certainly can make a comeback, but we've got to go full full on. We just have to go after it. Just have to. Um, we, can't, we can't half-ass this. We've got to just go after it. And can't say, well, we can't really push Boehner because, well, we really can't go after it. We, we really can't. Yes, you can. You got to be bold. You know, Ted Cruz said what he was going to do when he got to Washington. And, and people were like, yeah, you couldn't do any of that. And then he was bold and he not only did it, he did it to the point to where he really got everybody mad, including the old establishment GOP. That's what you need. You need to keep on selecting people like that who are unafraid to go in there and say, you don't tell me what the definition of the job is. The people who sent me here tell me what the definition of my job is. I think that's the difference. 877 927 2639 877-927-2639. Joe Pags back after this. Joe Pags.
It is the Joe Pag Show. 877-927-2639. Glad to have you along for the ride tonight. Had uh, Lamar Smith on a while ago. Talked to him about, uh, well, about a lot of stuff. He wanted to go into uh, more into executive amnesty. I didn't have that much time because I wanted to know about the Boehner vote. And I wanted to know about, uh, are you going to do something about Obamacare? And I wanted to know, you know, what, what are we doing about fracking and and, uh, and oil independence and the Keystone XL pipeline? So we went to a lot of places. And... Um, and a lot of you, you know, got what you wanted. A lot of you didn't. Probably could have done the interview even longer, but we were out of time at the bottom of the hour. And, and he, normally my newsmaker interview time is going to be bottom of the hour, first hour. This way I can play it again in the third hour if it's really good. Um, but also it gives us a longer swath of time, and he his schedule wouldn't make it happen today. So there you go. By the way, um, did you watch The Voice, Carrie? No, I did not. You did not watch The Voice because you're not no. cool. That's not true. I am cool. Uncool. I've never seen The Voice. Guy never. named Luke Wade wa- uh, made it pretty far. I think he was mm-hmm. fifth or sixth out or something. I, he wasn't in the top four, but he's close. Um, and he's going to be in in San Antonio Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I figured, what the hell is having him in studio? Oh, very cool. So okay. we're to do that. Nice. Um, I'm going to try not to sing that day. Oh, please. Because no. I don't want him to get a complex. <laughs> That the radio guy can can kick his ass singing. Oh, trust me. No, yeah, he's actually awesome. He, he's he's no, a great great singer, and um, uh, he's going to be in town. I guess he's performing, in, in in town in San Antonio. So the good Pretty news cool. for those in San Antonio is you can go see this guy if you want to go see him. And the good news for the rest of you is I'm going to make him sing for you anyway. Nice. That'll How about that? Right. A little special treat. How about that? Well, now he he's performing at a place called Sam's Burger Joint. Mm-hmm. In San Antonio. Have you been that. to Sam's Burger Joint? I haven't heard a lot about it, though. I have not been there. But uh, if he's going to perform there, what the hell? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, we should all go. Hmm? I think you guys should go and report back to me. <sighs> no, just let that. me know how it goes. Okay. We'll so we'll have that. Luke Wade on Thursday. We'll have him in studio. That should be fun. Let mm-hmm. me go to the phone lines here. Say hello to Tanya. Completely off topic on line three. Tanya, what's going on? Hey, Joe. Hey, crew. Hey. I'm just squeezing in to say a positive for Miss Carrie and to stand up for her. Don't I, support her. Listeners. Thank you. How, how, many, how many listeners, some of them out there, what they may have hit? That would be interesting. Now, how, many, how many listeners did what? I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> you know, you, look, you she's much. got headlights on the car. She could have killed her whole family. She's got to drive it. better than that, Tanya. Come on. Carrie, say something. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, Tanya. She, then, yeah, she's at a loss for words because she knows you. she fell asleep. So she much. dozed off. I did not. I did not do that. But thank you, Tanya, for supporting Poor dear. me. <laughs> what about that Deer family? The, the, guess what? I the Deer family comes home from school today. And mama, or daddy, and mama or daddy Deer just didn't make it home because <laughs> Carrie wasn't paying attention, Tanya. That's what happened. Sorry. That's not what happened. Tanya, you know we love you. you. Thank you for calling in from Florida. Oh, look. She's got to go. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not going to keep Tanya. Nice. Look, we love Tanya. You can't you, keep her on to, to kiss up to you. Oh, yeah, we can. I like that. That was no, nice. You, you, That's very you sweet of her. split up a deer family today. Somebody supported me. Oh, stop it. I didn't know. No, no, no. Let me go back to the phone lines here. Say hello and welcome to Ron on El Paso, line five. Ron, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Living the dream, my friend. What's up? Uh, me, me too. Hey, Carrie, I don't watch The Voice either, so. All right. I don't think it's Wow. <laughs> Oh, it's totally cool. You, you, neither one of you two is cool. You two wouldn't know cool if it came up and bit you on the rear cool. end. What's on your mind, Ron? Uh, Mr. Smith, I have one thing to say. Wrong answer. 
I don't know where District 21 is. What where? It's the San Antonio area. You know, I love San Antonio. My sister lives there. But you know what? I think Mr. Smith is full of Texas manure. And I know there's a lot of intelligent people there in San Antonio. And if they buy it, I'm sorry. It's (laughs) this guy. We know who voted to keep Vayner in, and we know who didn't vote. And I hope he's listening to this, and I hope Mr. Boehner's also listening to this, because we're we're tired of it. We are tired of it. You know? No, no I, I do, Ron. I do know, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, I like Lamar. Didn't like it. Didn't appreciate the phone call. I didn't. I, I didn't like his answer. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like the answer on that one, and that's okay. He'll, he'll be all right. He'll come back on the program. He, I don't have to like his answers, um, but but I think the answer should have been, you know, I, I voted against Boehner, but he made it anyway. That's what we wanted our representatives to do. Um, it, we want them to go and say we're going to go after Obamacare. Period. We're going to go after um, oil independence. Period. We're going to go after um, um, stopping his executive amnesty. Period. We're going to finally, we finally have the brake pedal. And we can use it to stop the overwhelming growth of government and overtaxation of people and the and the the, the less the, the fewer freedoms and liberties that we have in this country. Finally, we had that opportunity. And they let Boehner, who goes golfing with Obama, palling around with him. That that was confusing to me. It really was. All right, it is um eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine. when we come back, there's a lot going on today. We come back, there were some commercials in the weekend's NFL football games, and there were McDonald's commercials, and people are freaking out about these commercials. Have you seen the, what they're talking about here, Carrie? Yeah, I think I have. They, they have a problem with these commercials. They're freaking out over them. Plus, <laughs> yes, I'll eat a little bit of crow because Oregon didn't even come close to beating Ohio State last night. It wasn't even close. Not even. But I've got a couple of a couple of agitators on my Facebook page and on Twitter. How come nobody's reporting on the riots in Ohio? Oh, why? Because it's white people rioting? Oh, yeah, I got that going, what? too, which is always nice. We'll <laughs> okay. talk about that coming up. It's the Joe Pag Show, 877-927-2639. Stay here. Oh, do I have another, do I have another minute, David? Oh, look at that, Kerry. I've got another minute. Wow, dude, come on. Get oh, this right. is great. Let's go to Mark in Texas, line one. Mark, 30 seconds. Make it happen. Come on. Okay, well, there's one thing that we need to do this weekend. Somebody needs to go to Garland, Texas, and make a citizen's arrest of Sheikh uh, Ben Talal, our lead. Um, this guy is seditious. He is um, the head of Kingdom Corp, and the reason the oil prices are dropping is because he's just dumping oil at a loss so he can kill the shale fields. But not only that, this guy has been... All right, Mark, I'll let you go. I'll let the hell you're talking about, dude. I'll let you go. Have a great day. Um, I appreciate you. Um, do me a favor. You're probably still listening. Send me an email, joe at joepags.com, because I don't know what you're talking about. Joe at JoePags.com. Love to read it. Maybe if you write it down, I'll get it, okay? one 927 Now, we'll be back after this. Joe Pags. Joe Pag Show. Call 210-737-1200 or 800-383-9624. And now, Joe Pags. Hey, you bet. You're glad to have you here. Welcome to the program. Thanks. The Joe Pags Show on your radio. Great radio stations across the land, including the America Now stations on a Tuesday. I- 
It's a crazy train Tuesday. Come on. I think I'm missing the all aboard. Dave, does that version not have the all aboard? Really? Well, that's interesting. Crazy Train Tuesday. Glad to have you here. Thanks. Lots I want to get to. I'll get into those complaining about the lack of coverage on rioting in Ohio after Ohio State won the national championship last night. You know, it would have been even... Would have been even worse had Oregon not uh, taken the ball away a couple of times. It, it really wasn't even close. And I'm one of those guys, and I'm not a college football expert by any means. I have an expert in everything else. But not a, what? <laughs> Thank you. Not a college football expert. Hey, there you go. Now you're talking. Yeah, see, he was holding that back. I'm telling you. He was holding that back. Uh, but but you know, I really thought that Ohio State probably shouldn't have been in the in the, in the the Final Four. I thought either TCU or Baylor should have been. And, yeah, I'm based in Texas, so maybe that's, that went into that. But um, I thought they had they had better records, better wins. And uh, here I am. You know, we're looking at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are the uh, the national champions. So congratulations to everybody in Ohio. We get a lot of, we get a lot of calls from Ohio. I like Ohio. A lot of people, I've driven oh, through Ohio life. plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to Ohio? I have never been. So how do you know if you like it? I'd love to go, though. I'm sure it's gorgeous. Well, I wish you'd, you'd start your trip right now. <laughs> what? How did I know you were going to say that? I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. You were going to mean to me. You didn't know I was going to say that. Come on. I didn't know. I didn't know. All right, so uh, we'll get into that in just a second. First, Mark held on through the break. Mark, I think, thinks he has a solution to all of our troubles. Mark, what's on your mind? You're on the Joe Pag Show. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hello, Mark. How are you? Fine. Thank you very much. Listen, I think uh, the president, the vice president, uh, secretary of states and defense, and uh, the senatorial uh, uh, chairman of the intelligence committee ought to set up a conference with the mullahs and the, you know, the chieftains over there in the terrorist organizations and go over there personally. You know, uh, set up a conference, go over there personally and meet with them and open up their hearts and express their heartfelt sorrow for the atrocities and the affronts that we've, uh, you know, instigated against their people and see how that works out. So in other words, you're being sarcastic, you're being facetious, and what you're saying is the terrorists will just kill them where they sit. Do it. I don't think they'd do it. Well, of course they wouldn't do it. What a, I, I got to tell you, Mark, I love you like a brother, but really, that's what you're bringing today? I thought you held on for a good reason. That was dumb. Well, hey, I, I, I mean, uh, with the mentality of these people and right. you know, their uh, concern and, and uh, for, uh, for the way we've treated these people, you know, uh, look at the way they treat each other. Right, right. They're different tribes. They're killing each other all the time. Right. I, I hear you. Mark Mark I'm glad I'm glad you called in out of the blue with something that wasn't on topic at all but I appreciate you have a great day get off the phone you know what I mean maybe you should call back on Friday it's free speech Friday I actually thought it was going to be you know a great opportunity to debate somebody I thought I oh. thought he was going to be serious oh yeah no, but Miranda right. you thought he was going to be serious right that he was really going to make an argument for why we should sit down and negotiate with these people she's shaking her head you know what I think I need today, David? I think I need a Miranda David selfie. Oh, I did not put on my makeup today. That's why I want it. 
Uh, so there yeah, you go. No, no. That, that's no, that's going to happen. Hashtag lots of filters. Hashtag make it happen. So, um, so, so there you go. Yeah, I really thought Mark was going to bring it. And in the middle of when he was going on his little bit of a thing, I do believe he said the word fart in the middle of there. Because <laughs> he, he kind of paused. He was like, well, I think that we should go over there and fart, uh, start. Uh, with the, the go. I no, think he, I, I, I didn't think, hear that word. I think he slipped the, the F word out. I think he did. <laughs> the F word, yeah. I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> so, so I've only got, listen, we've got 221,624 now. We're averaging yeah. a little over 5,000 a week on the page, mm-hmm. which is great. That's great. Awesome. It should be ten or 15,000. Not sure why some of you are <laughs> holding back. Um, I'm now getting like one message a day from people on Facebook saying, why can't I stop the notifications from showing oh, up in my email on. box? A <laughs> couple of things. Number one, Facebook has something called settings. I have my settings so that I do not get an email. Every time there's a comment made on the page. If I did, I would get a billion emails a day. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that. I, I've got, you can change the set. I cannot change your settings. You, however, can change your settings. And I keep on, every time somebody comments, it's on my newsfeed. I don't want your crap in my newsfeed. <laughs> Let me help you with that. You did it. I didn't. If I can make you follow me. Oh, he would, people. I would have a billion followers. Yep. Yeah, you would. Now, it's all right. I'm with you. It's impressive. I've got almost a quarter of a million. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I don't have a billion followers because I can't manipulate your Facebook. So if you're receiving notifications about something that you commented on or that you liked on my page, you did it. Go undo it, and then that'll stop happening. I have oftentimes received notifications on something that I commented on, and I got tired of the notifications, and you go to this little drop-down menu on just about everything, on every item, and and you could say, stop notifications. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it for you. You're going to have to step up and do it yourself. Okay? It's not hard. It's not hard. Throwing that right out there. And also, out of those many, many people who follow, and again, if you don't follow, you're not in the cool crowd. (laughs) This is true. I follow you. I'm very Out of all the, I, duh. Mm-hmm. Out of all the people that follow me, there are about two guys. It's always a couple of guys. Generally speaking, not women. A couple of guys that are just agitators, mm-hmm. and, and I let them go and let them go and let them go until they they get to the point where they're just you know insulting and attacking and being profane and whatever. Then I make them go away. Good. Um. One of the guys posted today. Oh, I can't wait to hear your comments on the on the white people riots in Ohio today. I'm like, what? I saw that one. What are you talking about? I'm not even going to honor him by saying his name, be honest with you. Good. You shouldn't. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me scroll down to it, though. I, I want to make sure I read it because it's just so stupid. So stupid. Oh, did he delete it because I, I kicked his rear end on it or no? Oh, no, here it is. I'll be listening tonight to hear you talk about white thugs. A couple of things are important because this guy is so completely clueless. I do an extremely unique show. When it comes to politics, I, for smaller government, lower taxes, more freedoms and liberties. I am a conservative in my value system, but I'm not a political talk show. I'm a talk show that, that hopes to entertain you three hours a day. And, yeah, we talk about politics. We talk about world events. We talk about local events. We talk about things that make me laugh or we talk about, you know, what gives me the most gas, whatever. And and, and that's what we do. 
this person obviously listens to as many talk shows as he possibly can, has convinced himself, because most of the successful talk show hosts are conservative. The liberals tried it and they all failed. Well, most of them failed. There's still a couple around, but not many. Um, so he thinks that I've called somebody a thug. Now, Carrie, that's not necessarily a word that I use. Mm, no. Even in the, in, the, in the Michael Brown yeah. riots, even in the Trayvon Martin riots, I never use the word thug. I criminals, arsonists, bad guys. Thug is not a word I throw around because I think that it's a, it's, a, it's a useless word. And for some reason, it's got a connotation to some people that doesn't make sense to me. Now, I'll use the word thug. I'm not afraid to say thug, 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 thug. But it does not, it, to me, it's not descriptive enough. So he posts a link to some extremely anti-white, racist, online piece of crap website that I only heard of because he posted it, where the headline is, White People Riot in Columbus After Football Game. Media calls it a celebration. Now, again, maybe I'm the one who missed this, but um, I went to Google News. Carrie, how long does it take to go to Google News? I forget. Mm, about two seconds. Two seconds. Yep, I'm going to say you're probably right on with that. Two mm-hmm. seconds. I went to the Google News. And I looked it up, and immediately, like, 1,200 stories showed up. It might even be more now. might even be more. So I'm not really sure I understand why you're attempting to agitate, but you're doing a really bad job at it. I mean, if you tried harder, then maybe I would even, I'd give you the time of day. You're like, we're giving him the time of day now. Well, didn't name him. Didn't name his stupid source. That's not a source. Oh, the one that I responded to, there, there were two of them. He did delete it. It's gone. Really? Uh, another guy says, why, why, why no coverage on, on the riots in Ohio? Huh? Huh? Ha, ha, ha. Why no media you. coverage? And then he posts a link from CBS News showing the, the uprising in Ohio over the win. So my answer to him was, I'm sorry, did you not post a media link <laughs> to me telling me the media is not covering it? And then I posted eight more links, just Hello. ones that I just grabbed. Just grabbed eight, but bam, here, have a nice day. And then I guess he deleted it because he got burnt. Mm, I think so, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just People, honestly, when we get back, I will explain the difference between rioting and setting your entire town on fire because you disagree with a grand jury decision and lighting the the couch on fire from your from your frat. I, I didn't think I'd have to explain it, but I will. Oh, and by the way, there are are plenty of black people that go to school in, at Ohio State University. And there are plenty of Hispanics. And there are plenty of yeah, whites. There are plenty of, of, of Asians. There are plenty of American Indians. So the suggestion that this is a white riot, so therefore it's not getting coverage, tells me that you really, really don't have a clue. And maybe you should get together with Mark from Florida and, and have a conversation about that. <laughs> and then try to say the <laughs> word start and then the word, you know, Dan Willie said fart. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I did. Eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine eight seven seven nine two seven two six three nine. Back after this, you're listening to Joe Pags. I know it's up. 
Hi, glad to have you here. Welcome. It is hip to be square. Goodness sakes. I should know. <laughs> Carrie's been called me a square forever. This is true. It's not hip. It's not for you. So um, uh, there you go. People will complain about anything. They will. Mm-hmm. Now, I was in Lansing, Michigan. Wore my positions there. I've said it enough. Now, you should know what my positions were there in Lansing, Weren't Michigan. a reporter, an anchor, a news I director. was the main anchor. Thanks for mm-hmm. not listening. Um, <laughs> I, I was the, the news director and managing editor. I said that, too. Was there five years. Mm-hmm. During those five years, it was 1997 to 2002. In 1999, the Michigan State um, Spartans made it to the Elite Eight. And I believe they were beaten by Kentucky in the Elite Eight. And um, as soon as that happened, kids on MAC Avenue in East Lansing took their couches out of their dorm rooms, put one in the middle of the road, and lit it on fire. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Lovely. Uh, and, um, and then the girls thought it would be really cool to get on some shoulders of some guys and take the bras off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, like a party. We were out there. We were covering it live. I bet you were. And the one, the one scene that we in the newsplex, we didn't call it a newsroom, it was a newsplex. The one scene that we that we watched over and over, and we weren't being pigs about it, was the absolute disdain the one girl who was flopping her naked self around mm, mm-hmm. on top of somebody's shoulders, how how much disdain she had when there were people grabbing at her. I'm like, wow. you're 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 naked riding around on the shoulders of, of nineteen, twenty year old men. Mm-hmm. Maybe keep your clothes on. Mm-hmm. That's a good advice. Now, I'm not saying anybody deserves to be groped or sexually abused, but don't get drunk and go jump on people's shoulders and, and then and then throw your clothing off and wonder why people are are interested in what yeah. you're in what you're advertising. Oh, and then we we also had to back up and, and look at the video a few times. I think they might have turned over an East Lansing police car. Oh, that's no good. oh yeah, Mm-mm. that's no good. Mm-mm. And um. There was quite a controversy because the police wanted our video, and and the news, the the the, yeah. the power structure above the manager, you know, the 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 general manager, and so on. Uh, if they subpoena you, you can't give the video up. Well, I actually gave the video up, and it wasn't because they subpoenaed me. What I said was, I said, if you subpoena me, I will not give the video up. Mm-hmm. If you don't subpoena me, I'll give you what we aired. And I had a good relationship with the East Lansing PD. I had a good relationship with, with Michigan State University. So they ended up, you know, getting the video. Um, and then we ended up actually selling even more of the video to one of these national programs that got, that got some extra money for the newsroom. Wow. And, and, uh, we actually shared the wealth, gave everybody like a hundred bucks or something. Oh, so nice. yeah, no, it was, uh, it was cool, but that's the way people react. And it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. They're always going to act stupid. Oh, look at that. There's a reason for me to act like an idiot now. And that year, 1999, Michigan State lost. In 2000, Michigan State won the national championship in basketball. So it was really interesting. Now, because of the lessons learned from the year before, um, the the riots or the uprising, whatever, was was held in check. But it never went beyond the one police car. And that was still too much. That's criminal. You should be charged, and that's that. Um. But 
But to compare it to what happened in Ferguson is stupid. If you want to compare what the Ohio State Buckeyes fans are doing in Ohio to anything else, compare it to other either wins or losses on a college level or even on a professional level, and that some people acted stupidly. I am not at all saying grab your couch, put it in the middle of the street, light it on fire, but that appears to be what they've done. I don't see burning auto zones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see looting the wall the Walmart being looted. Yeah. I don't see people, you know, locked into their into their homes with bars on the windows in the hopes that nobody will bother them. I don't see the entire town disheveled. What I see is a bunch of drunk, stupid, 18, 19, 20-year-old idiots lighting their couch on fire, drinking more, and at some point somebody's bra's coming off. That's just that's that's what dumb kids do. Oh, yeah, we had wild days in college. Well, this is part of that. Now, again, am I condoning it? No. Am I out there doing it? No. Do I want my kids to do that? Absolutely not. But again, having said all of that, to try to make a comparison, to try to make a reach that, oh, you only covered Ferguson because it was black people who were who were rioting and who were who were protesting and making themselves heard, what they would have you believe. But to ignore Ohio State, which is a bunch of rich white kids, no, it's not. In whose world is that some white people riot? It's a bunch of dorks celebrating, and the celebration has gone overboard, and it's not okay. But your suggestion was just, the guy's suggestion on my page is stupid. And and, and if you go to any publication, any online publication that will print a headline that says white people riot, where's the media coverage? Well, then you must be lacking something when it comes to common sense, logic, and reason. Seriously. Now, I, I talked about a sense of community earlier. I felt a sense of community when I when I gave them the video that we aired. Um, I think McDonald's, in many ways, is ingrained in communities across this land. Um, I've always had a great affinity for McDonald's, although I eat more healthy now. I haven't had McDonald's in a while. I have a great affinity Love McDonald's. Probably my favorite fast food joint. Having said that, people are mad at McDonald's for an ad that ran over the weekend. I'll tell you about it when we come back. and I'll tell you why I actually love the commercial on the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you here. Welcome to the program. Thanks. The Joe Pag Show on your radio. one 877 Or, Carrie, we also like to say... Whoa. What? Is that what you're talking about? Why would we say whoa? Oh, about... Wasn't that how some of those numbers spell whoa? Eight seven seven no oh oh you're talking eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine or eight shavin shavin nine two shavin what you just can't say the seven's funny <laughs> I did eight seven seven do you have a funny bone in your body I mean come on 
I do, yes. People get so angry that you won't just lighten up and have some fun. (laughs) Give the people the Shevins. I do. Hey, Shevin, Shevin. Shevin. Nine two Shevin. Nine two Shevin. Twenty six thirty nine. Twenty six thirty nine. I can't believe I have to beg you to have a little fun (laughs) on the radio program. The McDonald's commercial is uh, to the tune of, uh, I think it's a Yes song. Is it Yes? Is that what the, the, the people are called now? Yes? No, I thought it was Fun. Oh, Fun. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. Fun. Don't you get Yes? Well, it's three letters, one syllable. <laughs> it's not okay. that much of a reach, fun. is it? Yeah, it's Fun. It's a Fun song. It is. Um, I, when I saw it during the playoffs over the weekend, I actually was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool man what it. a great message I thought now it was nice i'll play the audio of it in the background as i tell you what we're seeing well i woke okay what we're seeing is uh just to, to let you know all of these are going to be mcdonald's signs in other words the sign out front of the golden arches where, where the arches the, are yeah it's like a marquee where you can write things on it some of them are electronic. Some of them are where you go there with a, a long stick and you put the letters up and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at here. All right? So you'll have this song in the background, and I'll just tell you what I'm seeing as it's on. Thank you, veterans, on this McDonald's sign. Pray for Drew. Hashtag pray for Drew. God protect the USA. Keep jobs in Toledo. Allow all of us to keep... Uh, the Columbia families. We remember 9-11. There's a pink McDonald's sign for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Pray for the rescue of the minors. God gave us a miracle. Boston Strong. We will be back soon and the, the whole store is fluttered out. We believe in you, Crystal. Open, even though the sign is in shambles. Happy 30th, Ed and Beth. It's a girl, Rosalie Kay. Hug those dads. Welcome home, 442nd Fighter Wing. Happy 95th birthday, Woody. We love you. A little loving can change a lot. And that's it. That's the whole commercial. What's wrong with that? Well, they're trying to sell burgers on 9-11. They're trying to use 9-11 and the terrorist attacks to sell burgers. Well, they're trying to sell burgers, and they're using the Boston bombing to sell burgers. The message I got from that commercial is actually very simple. Extremely simple. The message I received from that commercial is McDonald's has been a part of communities and is part of the community. And this is how it's part of the community. Because a lot of those signs just say billions and billions served or 100 billion served, whatever. Then they started saying, you know, we can actually put community messages on here. Does McDonald's want to sell burgers? You damn straight, McDonald's wants to sell burgers. Does McDonald's want to sell burgers and ignore the community? I don't think so. Got Ronald McDonald House. You got all sorts of charities. Uh, McDonald's. I remember when I used to play uh, Little League Baseball. And that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Um, McDonald's would, would send over the orange drink. What do you call it? Just, it's that. just the orange drink, the right? The orange drink. I remember that. Yeah, McDonald's always yeah. has been a part of it. I don't understand why there's some sort of conflict i truly am confused about it because mcdonald's has been a part of this thing forever 
since the 50s. So, you know, it's almost one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. If McDonald's doesn't say, you know, America's strong or Boston's strong or, or you know, God bless America on 9-11 or pray for America, we, we put for the Columbia families. I mean, if it... If it doesn't show that sense of community, wouldn't people be like, oh, so you what? You're just selling burgers? You don't care about our community? Right. They can't win. So I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But when I, it's so interesting the visceral reaction people have to something that shows up out of the blue on their TV set. And when that showed up, I was going, ah, oh, man, what, what are they doing? And I went, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I get it. It's a nice commercial. Kind of get it. You know what? Uh, they're, they're saying we are... The community. We're part of the community. We're not a separate entity trying to take your money for burgers. We're a part of the community. We love being part of the community. And to that end, we're going to make sure that you know that we know that we're in this with you. It's not about selling burgers. It's about something bigger than that. And I understand why people don't uh, don't, don't get that. Anybody who doesn't comprehend the message behind that commercial confuses me. Confuses me uh what what happened I'm trying to destroy my what credit carrie says facebooking is making me broke what does that mean oh there is a story i did earlier today about facebook okay fill think... me because i didn't hear it fill me in because i try the... to ignore you when you're doing your news <laughs> i know you do but apparently the more you use facebook if you're one of those people who are on facebook all the time you apparently have a low credit score and a lot of debt a lot of credit card debt who does these stupid studies <laughs> i don't but, know who but, did this one by the way if you've got a comment on the mcdonald's commercial if you haven't seen it i posted it on my facebook page because i'm trying to hurt your credit facebook.com slash <laughs> Joe Talk Show, or just go to JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M, and, um, and, and just click on the Facebook link on the left-hand side, or the Twitter, you can go there too, I posted it there too, or send me an email, which would be fine. Um, I posted the video, go and watch the commercial if you haven't seen it, and then tell me what you think of it. Is this some shameful way to try to sell burgers, or does McDonald's really feel a, a higher... Um, a higher level of of community mindedness. I think a lot of businesses can learn from McDonald's, both in how to be profitable and how to succeed, how to make a, a pretty darn good burger, and um, and also how to be a member of the community. Eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine. Eight seven seven nine two seven two six three nine. I'll say this: I mean, my credit's fine, so uh, I, I'm I'm on my page more than anybody else is. I know you are. If that were I the case, don't know where they got the study from. If that were the case, there you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not the case. Yeah, it, I got you. It, it doesn't say where they got the study. No, I have to. I'll have to look back on it. That was a couple. Want to make sure I understand. So, in your newscasts, you're just throwing up fake studies that anybody sends you. How does it work? <laughs> no, this is a real study. It's not fake. I'm Kerry Lockie. Now, a study from David Schmidt. And the study says if you're on Facebook all day, your credit stinks. Back to you. Is that really how it went? Uh, no, it's, it was a little different. Close to that? that? Not even close. Mm-mm. It sounded a lot better than that, actually. So the question: Does a business? No, I don't think so. Does Does a business have a right to act as a community member? Does a business have the responsibility? to act like a community member, or should a business act like a business and act like it's not part of the community? Because that's basically what these people who are complaining are trying to say to me here. 
And that it just doesn't ring true for me. It actually hurts my face to think that people don't want the business to be a part of it. It really does confuse me. Now, if you truly think they only did this to sell burgers, if that's what you think, then I would implore you to stop going to McDonald's. Because, listen, McDonald's, any business in this country has the right to do what they're doing. And you have the right to not go there. If you don't like it, you should have the right to not go there. But, see, in the politically correct world in which we live, we have to now force McDonald's to apologize. Now, they haven't, and I don't think they should. But you get the feeling that's where we're kind of going. And that makes me mad. It's, it's not the way it should be. It's not. one 927 2639 877-927-2639. Special number today and tomorrow. And uh, when we come back, we'll take your phone calls on this and much more on the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you here, the Joe Pag Show on your radio. It is one eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine. JoePags.com. Glad to have you here. Make sure you stop by the Facebook and the, on the Twitter and check out the ad for yourself. And just tell me what your visceral reaction is. Does it really appear to be profiteering off of somebody's misfortune, or is it somebody saying, "Look, we're part of the community through thick and thin, good and bad"? The reaction from um, McDonald's corporate, I think, is right on. Um, Deborah Wall is the chief marketing officer at McDonald's, told the AP, the Associated Press, that the ad was meant to reflect the company's history in communities through both good and bad times, saying that leaving out the bad would have been dishonest. I agree, obviously. 877-927-2639, line one is Palmer in Minnesota. Hi, Palmer, what's going on? Hey, Joe. Um, I just... I've been listening to stuff all day about the McDonald's ads and the controversy, and I actually heard somebody say it's because they don't pay a livable wage, and therefore they can't be that American and be that supportive. Well, that's somebody who, I mean, really, you should feel special and privileged because you heard somebody who's really, really stupid. Yeah, I I did. (laughs) I felt extremely honored to listen to that. I've been, I, I worked for McDonald's when I was a teenager. I know what, what the McDonald's locally did when I was younger. And I guess to me, what they do is they're there. If there is a tragedy in their local community, they do something about it. McDonald's has always stepped up to help out people who are in need, always. And, and, and that's not going to change. And for them to say, we're here through thick and thin, we're not going anywhere, we're with you through whatever it is, good or bad, I think it's awesome. I think it was a great idea. Palmer, thank you. I think it was a great idea. I think it was a great ad campaign. I think it was a smart move, and I'm glad they did it. 877-927-2639, 877-927-2639 to Sean in Minneapolis. Hi, Sean. What's going on? Hey, Joe. How are you this evening? Living the dream, my friend. What's happening? 
Uh, great. Uh, First-time caller, and, and I'm uh, wanting to weigh in on the McDonald's thing. What people have to understand is that many, many McDonald's restaurants around the country are actually owned by franchisers who live in the community where they have their restaurants. They're, they're citizens of that community, and they take pride in the community in which they live and serve and, and operate a business. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it was a, a great ad. Never once did I think, oh, I have to run out and buy a, a hamburger now. Um, and I, I would say to the people that are complaining about that advertisement, they're the same type of people that complain about anything that has to do with patriotism, anything that has to do with family values, anything that even, quite frankly, has to do with capitalism. And I, I just don't have any time for them. I, I got you. I appreciate you, Sean. Thank you. Uh, great call. Open line now at um, 877-927-2639. Uh, interesting. Uh, it, it really is. And what he says is true. The franchisees uh, generally live in that community. But even beyond that, even if they don't, even if it's a corporate store, everybody working there lives in the general vicinity. Everybody. So I'm not sure I understand. They should pretend they don't notice the the good and bad things happening around them. They should pretend that that it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't make sense. 877-927-2639. So just something that jumped out at me. And uh, it, it just it makes you wonder. Oh, hey, look at this. Hey, good news, Carrie. Another another mm-hmm. lawmaker apologizing for a tweet. I saw that one yesterday. Oh, I, I, I love when that happens. That is so mm-hmm. neat. I that know. is so neat. Mm-hmm. How about Woo. that? <laughs> this one, the winner today from CBS News, written by Ellen Yuchimia, I think of. Uh, Representative Randy Weber apologizes for a tweet comparing Obama to, wait for it, wait for it, Hitler, yay. Hey, how about um, that one? This is uh, Representative Randy Weber, Republican from Texas, has apologized for sending a tweet out Monday that compared President Obama to Adolf Hitler because he failed to join world leaders for a unity rally in Paris on Sunday. Quote, It was not my intention to trivialize the Holocaust nor to compare the president to Adolf Hitler. The mention of Hitler was meant to represent the face of evil that still exists in the world today. I now realize that the use of Hitler invokes pain and emotional trauma for those affected by the atrocities of the Holocaust and the victims of anti-Semitism and hate, Weber said in a statement. Today, we're facing the evil of Islamic extremists who are attempting to instill fear and murdering the lives of innocent people from Paris to Nigeria to Jerusalem and all over the world. The president's actions or lack thereof is my point of contention. Islamic extremists have shown they are not going away and instead are hungry for more blood. On Monday, Weber wrote, quote, even Adolf Hitler thought it was thought it more important than Obama to go to Paris for all the wrong reasons. Obama couldn't do it for the right reasons. So here, here are my thoughts on this. Dumb tweet. Dumb. It to me doesn't even make sense. To me, I don't understand. Even Adolf Hitler thought it more important than Obama to get to Paris for all the wrong reasons. Obama couldn't do it for the right reasons. That doesn't make sense. 
But should he have apologized? He should have apologized for it not making sense. But I don't read anything in that that says, hey, I think the Holocaust was was no big deal. I mean, I don't see that. I mean, if you know anything about World War II, Adolf Hitler went there to conquer Paris. And in fact, did conquer. And then we had to go in there and save France. So I don't under... Carrie, do you understand the tweet? I really don't. But again, I mean, I'm not, sure I under, that, I'm not sure I understand about the constant apologies, though. Mm-hmm. Please learn how to use social media. And by learn how to use social media, what I mean is learn how to use social media. I mean, you're saying things <laughs> that cool. everybody can see. You're writing things everybody can read. You're writing things you want people to read. You want people to see. You want people to click on. That's what you're doing. So, I mean, as, and I don't know Randy Weber, but as he's sitting there thinking of what to write, there were 18 billion things that he that he could have written about Obama snubbing Paris and Holder being there and not going to the rally and John Kerry being in India and not flying in for the day. Any number of things he could have said. But what he did say was just dumb. I don't even get it. But stop apologizing for crap. If you wrote it, just leave it. 877-927-2639. Stay here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Joe Pags Show. Call 210-737-1200 or 800-383-9624. And now, Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you here. Thanks for stopping by. It is the Joe Pags Show. Great radio stations across the land, including the America Now stations on a Tuesday. Swing it. Uh-huh. Bop. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy. Uh. Hey, but that's how it goes. Millions of people living as foes. Maybe. It's glad to have you here. Thanks. Plenty going on. So, you ever go to those GoFundMe sites, things like that? Not really, no. Now, I on the air, oh, maybe a year ago now, something like that, where there's some some fight at a local high school and, and the one kid died after being punched or something, and then they were raising mm-hmm. money for his expenses and so on, yeah, and then I went on the air with it, and I promoted it because I, I, I felt bad about it, and I wanted to make sure that the guy, that the, the kid had a proper burial or whatever, and, and um, they were seeking a certain amount of money that after I made mention of it on the air... Um, they, they bypassed that number. Then they changed the goal number. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you knew what the expenses were, why did you change the goal number? I don't get it. 
And I even personally um, donated. So I've been a little bit queasy about it since then. As you know, I get I get emails and messages and, and Facebooks and tweets and all that all the time mm-hmm. about if you can just post this on your Facebook page, yeah, we can yeah. maybe do this or whatever. So I made a rule to where I don't do any of that on my Facebook or on my Twitter. Not that I don't care about people. I do a lot of charitable stuff outside of when I'm on the air, and I do a lot of charitable stuff when I'm outside of what I do on my Facebook page. If I'm personally involved in the in the charity, I'll post it. Like I, we did a fundraiser with our, our country station on the Hall KJ97 not too long ago, and I posted the St. Jude um, the phone number to call in and donate and whatever. So if I'm personally involved in it, I'll post it because I've done all the checking. Unfortunately, I mean, the vast majority, I think, of people who are on these sites, like GoFundMe, are, in fact, in need. I'm sure. But there's something horrific going on in their lives, and I, and, and, you know, I wish them nothing but the best. But I, since I can't check the backstories on everything, it, it really behooves me to not post it because what if there's just some dude trying to raise some money? Right, just because he wants some extra cash. And you can. Like, go fund me. You can go mm-hmm. up there and say, hey, listen, I have no reason to ask you for money, but please send me a dollar. Now, there are other people that will actually post a big, long, elaborate thing that it turns out, well, maybe the money didn't go to where you thought. That appears to be the case, according to this report from ABC News, out of, uh, out of Milwaukee. This is from uh, KVUE. They, they reposted it, but it's an ABC News story. Out of Milwaukee, the Knickerbocker's five-month-old son, Noah, had been awaiting a heart transplant for almost his entire life. So when a family friend offered to set up a GoFundMe page for him, they were grateful for the help. But then the page disappeared, and apparently so did the money. Hmm. Quote, I went to check the dollar amount, and it told me that this page no longer exists, Rachel Knickerbocker told ABC News. Then, you know, my stomach dropped. So what does that mean? She said she logged onto Facebook a short time later and saw that the friend who created the account, her husband's godfather, Ken Wills, posted images of three checks for donations to organizations that helped Noah and his family. At first, Knickerbocker wondered where he got the money to do such a nice thing. Then it clicked, Knickerbocker said, realizing that the money was from the GoFundMe site. All right, so just to make sure you're following along. I know a lot of you are. Some of you are listening in and out. I'm just going to help you out. The guy puts up the site, says he's going to help them out. When the money comes rolling in, he takes the money out, and now he posts three pictures on Facebook showing him with written checks out to these three organizations, the organizations that are going to get the money that he that was raised on the GoFundMe site. You following me? Mm-hmm. Now, the mother is like, well, no, we, we needed the money for something else. So why would you do that? Oh, it gets worse. Oh, no. Back to the story. They'd been planning on using that $6,500 raised toward a few months' rent on an apartment near the Wisconsin Children's Hospital, where Noah had been receiving care for months. The Knickerbockers had been staying at the Ronald McDonald House across the street from the hospital with their three-year-old Nathan because their home is an hour away from the hospital. The Knickerbockers said they took turns pleading with Wills to let them decide how to allocate the money raised in their son's name. They have health insurance but left their jobs in Huntley, Illinois, to relocate to Milwaukee for Noah, Knickerbocker said. Quote, the day prior, he told my husband he would have sent it to him, Knickerbocker said. It's just 
kind of upsetting. We have so much going on already. Do we really need that, too? Knickerbocker said she learned that Noah had congenital heart problems when she was about 22 weeks pregnant with him. Uh, he underwent his first heart surgery at Boston Children's Hospital before he was born. But three days after his birth in Milwaukee, he was placed in the heart transplant waiting list. Noah was critical, uh, has critical aortic valve stenosis, causing the, side, uh, the left side of his heart to be underdeveloped and rendering it nearly useless, said Dr. Stephen Zangwill, who directs the heart failure um, and heart transplant program at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. As a result of his heart failure, Noah has other health issues, including breathing problems, Zangwell said. In early December, Noah uh, was intubated, um, and his heart worsened, and here's where Wills gets involved. And Wills tweeted a photo of the baby to the Knickerbockers, or the photo of the baby the Knickerbockers say he's never met. Again, this is the godfather of the father of the baby, mm-hmm. but he's never met the baby. Writing to celebrity Twitter accounts with messages including, you can make miracles happen this holiday season, please retweet, help Noah. Thanks. On Christmas, he did the same thing with a photo of the sick child in a Santa costume, tweeting, Merry Christmas. My only Christmas wish is for you to donate and retweet. So again, the guy's never never even met the kid. He's tweeting pictures of him trying to raise donations. Donations, I guess the parents think, are going to go to their expenses. In a screen grab, the story says, of the GoFundMe page provided by ABC News to, or provided to ABC News by Knickerbocker before it was deleted, Will stated that he will be auctioning off autographs he's collected over the years to raise money for Noah, and quote, this is not a scam, end quote. Quote, please help and join Noah on his journey to a heart transplant, he wrote. After closing the account, he posted images of the checks of a, uh, to his Facebook page for $2,500 to the, to the Ronald McDonald House, $2,500 to the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, and $1,000 to Boston Children's Hospital. Boston, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Boston Children's Hospital said it received no donation at all from Wills in Noah's name as of January 6th. The Ronald McDonald House Charities Global Office said it did receive a donation of $125. And the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin said it received a a smaller donation than the $2,500 check Wills posted, but policy prevented it from disclosing the exact amount without Wills' permission. He hasn't called them back to give that permission, they said. Ken Wills did not respond to requests by ABC News for comment. Knickerbocker said Wills sent her, her family a copy of a thank you note addressed to him from the Ronald McDonald House for his donation. But after speaking with um, Ann Petrie, the CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities, Eastern Wisconsin, Knickerbocker learned it was a fake. Mm. He even That's faked a, a thank you note man. from Ronald McDonald House, according to the report. Petrie told ABC News that her chapter did not receive a donation from Wills and that the thank you note was not on the official Ronald McDonald House Charities letterhead. Quote, it clearly looks like some language is probably taken from a Ronald McDonald House Charities letter then manipulated into a letter to give his family, making them uh, think a significant donation was made, she said. I feel bad for anyone who donated hard-earned money not making it to the charity or the family as a gift. Think about it. People, I mean, $6,500 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Hey, $65 is. is a lot of money. People are giving their money because they're thinking, you know what? There, but for the grace of God, mm-hmm. go I. I want to help that baby. I've got family. four children. My children are healthy. Let me donate a couple of bucks, 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 bucks. Let me donate some money to help this family out. They are in need, and I want to help them. 
and this guy's out just living high in the hog? Donated $125. You know why he did that, right? Why? So he would get the letter. So he could then alter the letter. Mm, I see. That's what I think. What a piece of trash. Stunning. So when people post GoFundMe on Facebook Mm. and on Twitter and online, anywhere, it pulls at my heartstrings. But I got to tell you, I donated once and won't again. I'll go to an actual charity that I know where the money's going, where it's being spent. And this is not to say if you've got to GoFundMe, I want people not to go and help you out. Find out the real story. Do your research. Talk to the people who are running it. Find out if it's a real you know, a child in need or a family in need or whatever. And again, I can go to GoFundMe right now live on the air and say, hey, Joe Pag's here. I just want more money. Please send me $5. And there's nothing illegal about it. If you decide to send me your money, that's fine. But if, if you're doing it under false pretenses, I mean, I would think that would be fraud. one 877 Back after this. This is the Joe Pag Show. Sometimes I get a good feeling. It is the Joe Pag Show, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot com. Click on the station where you listen or click on America Now if uh, you're an America Now affiliate. You can also send me a, a Facebook message or a, a tweet. Email address is right there as well as the webcam if you're listening live, which is 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific. I think it's 1 p.m. Hawaii time. I think we figured out. Mm-hmm, it is that was right. I think I think so. It's um, six to nine p.m. Eastern, and then figure out your time in between. That's when it's actually live. A lot of people say, oh, "Okay, just listen to your show and go to bed." I'm like, "Why are you going to bed so early?" <laughs> Turns out that you're listening at like at one o'clock in the morning, late, and I get it. Late. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean that's that's where I am on on the GoFundMe stuff. Uh, if you really do need help, uh, make sure that the story is verifiable and that the information is available for those who who might dig deep and uh, and give you some of their money. If you don't. And if it's not verifiable, I think people should beware. Not saying anything that you wouldn't hear about going to a store. Buyer beware. Be very um, aware of what you're doing. And and again, it should be very, very simple for somebody who's asking for some money to verify the story. That's all I'm saying. All right. It's uh, 877-927-2639. Sandy Hook families are suing again. The Sandy Hook families, it's hard to wrap one's brain around what um, what happened in Newtown, Connecticut. It's hard to, to figure it out. 26 innocent people dead. 27 if you include the guy's mother. Um, six adults at the school, 20 children at the school. It doesn't make any sense. None. And we've tried to figure out what causes something like this. How do we prevent it? And I've been saying since we've been discussing this, You need armed security at schools, whether it's people coming back from, uh, you know, veterans coming back from war, whether it's off-duty police officers, whether it's the the teachers, the faculty members being able to carry concealed weapons on campus, whatever. You need good guys 
to be there to confront the bad guys. And everybody, just about everybody, I think a family or two from Newtown has been sort of where I am on this. But everybody else, it's crazy. You need fewer guns. You need to get rid of the guns. Too many guns. More guns on campus. That makes it so much more dangerous for everybody there. No guns. What if the student steals the gun from the teacher? I've heard of the dumbest things. Well, the Sandy Hook families have already sued, I believe, the gun store that sold the guns that were used that day. Also suing manufacturers of the weapons, of the firearms. Because, you know, their whole push is there should be no guns available to anybody. Well, now, they, they're almost suing and they sound like they're on my side. It's very strange. You see this today, Carrie? I did, yeah. They're suing again. And, and you know, I feel horrible for them. I do. I, I wish they didn't have to go through this, this anguish. But now they're just looking for people to sue. I don't get it. This is from The Current. I don't even know where The Current is. Oh, The Hartford Current. Okay. It's right there in Connecticut. Written by uh, Dave Altamari or Altamari. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. At least two families of victims in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting have filed a lawsuit against the town of Newtown and the school board alleging lax security. On the day 21st graders and six adults were shot and killed. The 66-page lawsuit was given to a state marshal on December 14th, the last day under the state statutes that legal action could be taken against the community and recently served at a town clerk's office. The plaintiffs are, are the estates of slain students Noah Posner, or Posner, Jesse Lewis, the children's parents Leonard Posner, or Posner, again, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Neil Heslin and Scarlett Lewis are the administrators. The families are represented by Norwalk attorney Donald Papsey, a Sandy Hook resident who could not be reached for comment on Monday, yesterday. I'm not going to say the piece of garbage's name, but they do name him here. Shot his way into the Sandy Hook Elementary School on December 14, 2012. Opened fire in two classrooms. Lonza, oh, there, I said his name. Entered the school by shooting through the front, um, the front glass windows and entering near the school's offices. He killed school principal Don Hotsprung, school psychologist Mary Sherlock, before entering the classrooms. In one of the classrooms, substitute teacher Lauren Rousseau was unable to lock the door because she did not have a key. Rousseau was assigned to the class shortly before school was set to open when the regular teacher called in sick. Rousseau tried to hide the students in a small bathroom, but Lonza walked into the room and opened fire, killing all but one girl. The lawsuit alleges that Rousseau had neither a key to lock the door nor any knowledge of the safety and security protocols rehearsed at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in case an intruder or other dangerous individual gained access to the school. The lawsuit also alleges the town was negligent in not having a more secure entrance way to the school because it did not have bulletproof glass in the front windows and for having doors that couldn't be locked from the inside. The lawsuit also questions the lack of security in parking lot areas. The heinous, disgusting killer parked his car at the curb near the front entrance of the school, less than 100 feet from the entrance. 
Quote, we are hopeful that the town of Newtown's elected and hired representatives will work with these families who have already suffered and continue to suffer unimaginable loss to help resolve this matter in the most efficient and constructive way possible, Papsy said in a statement. As residents of the town, we all either have or are going to have students in our Sandy Hook schools, and we promote the idea of learning from the past and protecting our children in the future. Town attorney David Groggins Acknowledged that the lawsuit has been filed, but declined to comment on Monday. The lawsuit is seeking more than $15,000 in damages. The lawsuit names the town school board and Sandy Hook principal Kathleen Gombos, 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 I'm not sure, who's, uh, who is erroneously referred to as Sandy Gombos. They mispronounced it or misspelled it. The lawsuit also inaccurately names the school superintendent. As is standard, the lawsuit seeks more than $15,000 in damages. The lawsuit is the second one filed since the shooting. The first one against the gun manufacturer filed at Superior Court in Bridgeport claims that the Bushmaster AR-15 used by the shooter in the shooting should not be sold to the public because it's a military assault weapon uh, designed for war. All right. So they, they want to sue. They're going to sue just about everybody now. Just about everybody is going to get sued. And it's not going to bring anybody's children back. And what they should really be requesting when they talk about more security. Because, I mean, to blame that teacher and her lack of knowledge of, of, of the procedure is pretty sick. And then to, well, you shouldn't know how to lock the door from the outside. A guy who is carrying firearms is going to be able to get into the door. You know what stops him from getting into the door and killing everybody in there? Somebody who's got a firearm. And by the way, had somebody had a firearm there, he probably would not have chosen that school. Oh, yeah. That's been borne out in many cases. Keep it right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. All right, glad to have you here. Great radio stations across the land. The Joe Pag Show on your radio. One eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine eight seven seven nine two seven twenty six thirty nine. I got uh, an email from a guy. He said, um, "Carrie is from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Carrie probably always has corn with her. Deer eat corn. Enough <laughs> said. Huh. Enough said. Okay. Yeah, I don't always have corn with me though." I didn't yeah, but you know, there's, there's probably there's some sort of a sense mm-hmm. that deer have. No. Knowing when somebody is from the cornfields. <laughs> no, that's pretty dumb. Probably what happened. No, you put I'm your family sure at risk today because of where you're from. That's not what happened. It is uh, 877-927-2639. Um, the whole Sandy Hook suing everybody thing, I get it. You, you want some sort of resolution. You want some sort of answers. But you have to get real. Case after case after case has shown that when the bad guy is confronted with a gun, he either kills himself or decides to not go there. Columbine. They waited for the on-campus police officer to go to lunch. Then they locked him out when they showed it, when they went on their, their shooting spree. I was going to say when they said, and I said when they shed. And I don't think they they shed anything mm. other than their evil when came out. Um, yeah. 
Aurora, also in the great state of Colorado. There were six theaters in the general vicinity of this idiot's apartment. Only one didn't allow you to carry your concealed weapon. The one that he went and attacked. Sandy Hook. 26 dead. When he heard the sirens and saw the police arrive, he killed himself rather than have a shootout. Why? Because he wasn't there to go in and bring war and, and face somebody who could actually retaliate. He went there because he didn't want any resistance. As soon as resistance showed up, as soon as it showed up, he was done. I believe it was a Utah mall. As soon as a good guy with a gun showed up, killed himself. Virginia Tech, 32 innocent dead people. That that was a no-gun campus. Oh, yeah. Gun-free zone. As soon as the campus police did show up, and it was after 32 people died, the killer killed himself. Not making this up. This is real. When there's resistance, they find a different place to go and victimize, or they just don't do it. They're not in this to show how, how tough they are, how badass they are. They're doing this because they want the maximum amount of death before they have to, in fact, take their own lives or before somebody else takes their life. They don't want to be in a shootout. They will avoid it. Criminals want the path of least resistance. That's it. So we make more resistance. I want there to be resistance at school. It's that easy. And then, and then, you've got this idiot Liam Neeson. Now, in what he does for a living, I think Liam Neeson is is good. I think he's very good. Although, lately he pretty much plays the same character. But Liam Neeson has, is this Taken 2 or Taken 3 or Taken 8? Which Taken is this? I think it's Taken 3. Okay. And from what I understand, they're already working on Taken 4. Oh, my. Okay. In the Taken movies, he's basically a guy with a gun who shoots all the bad guys. Mm, yes. When you look at the at the, the credits at the, the end of the movie, he's the top credit. It says, guy with gun who kills bad guys, Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. It, that didn't even have a name in That's it. That's what it says. Yeah. That's his name. They just call him Guy throughout the movie because it's really Guy with Gun. <laughs> Good Guy with Gun. Good Guy with Gun who shoots the Just bad guys. bad guys, yeah. So he's being interviewed by by The Independent, by somebody named Gil Pringle. Love, love his chips. <laughs> I know it's the same guy. Oh, it's not? Mm, I'm going to say Are you sure? I'm almost are, are positive. Are you positive? I'm not 100%. What if it is? Well, they don't say things that you're not 100% about. Oh, man. All right, fine. Action heroes used to be far much younger men. But now I get all these scripts where it's scratch 35 and now it's 60, laughs Liam Neeson, who's 62, acknowledging his role in reshaping today's new breed of bus pass carrying action hero. But he's still not old enough for the expendables. No, they haven't asked me. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. End quote. On screen, we rarely see Neeson without a gun in his hand. Be it in his lucrative Taken franchise, recent action thriller Nonstop, or his latest gumshoe film noir, A Walk Among the Tombstones. Even in this year's comedy, A Million Ways to Die in the West, he was toting a gun, 
So it is interesting to hear his thoughts on the subject. Quote, I am totally for gun control in the U.S., he says. The population of America is roughly 300 million, and there are 300 million guns in this country, which is terrifying, he says. Every day we're seeing some kid running rampant in a school. I didn't know it was happening every day with some kid running rampant in a school. And do you know what the gun lobby's response to Newtown was? He asks, referring to the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, which left 20 children dead in December 2012. Quote, the National Rifle Association's official response was, if that teacher had been armed, dot, 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 it's crazy, he says. I'll give Britain its dues. It's supposed to be due, but whatever. When they had the Dublin, it says Dublin, Dunblane, hmm. maybe Dunblane, massacre in Scotland, within 24 hours, the gun laws were changed so you could not have a handgun, end quote. That's it. So the guy who makes millions upon millions upon millions of dollars portraying a good guy who necessarily must have a gun to take out the bad guys is railing against good guys having guns to take out the bad guys. Did I miss anything? Mm, that is what he's saying, right? Yeah. That's what he's saying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, yes. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. If he really felt this strongly about it, why not say, listen, let's do Taken 4. But here's the premise. All the bad guys have guns, mm-hmm. and I don't. Sounds like a bad movie. I just think it'd be about a minute and a half long. <laughs> they would shoot him. The end. Who's coming after my family? Bang. All right. Have a oh, nice day. Uh, yeah. That's it. The movie's over. <laughs> Done. I just don't get it. What exactly is this idiot thinking? Now, keep in mind, I like watching the movies. I did too. I, I think that, you know, he's found his niche. He is that character. And there you go. But, I mean, really? Here's a guy who's making seven, eight figures a movie, and he deserves it. I'm not taking any money away from him. They're fine. Get all you can. In every movie, he's, load, he, he's loaded and ready for bear. In every movie, he's killing the bad guys. And, oh, let's get into real life for a second. Every movie set Liam Neeson is on is protected by armed guards. Every single one. Every set that is actually out in a city in public somewhere is going to be cordoned off by local police who have guns. Same thing with Jim Carrey when he when he went after Charlton Heston and he went after the NRA and and guns are horrible and guns are, are, are ruining everything. Here's a guy making $15, $20 million a movie. Every movie set, every studio, every street that they're on, protected by good guys with guns. Rosie O'Donnell did the same thing. The exact same thing. Had to stop advertising for Kmart because she doesn't believe Kmart should be selling guns. And she gave that comment while she and her children were protected by Mm -hmm. good guys with guns. I don't get it. I really don't. And, And the only real answer here is either they are completely and utterly so idiotic 
and so completely ignorant that they honestly don't see the good guys with guns surrounding them at all times. But I talked about this with, with Pierce Morgan all the time. Mr. Anti-NRA, Mr. Anti-Guns, Mr. The Second Amendment doesn't really mean that. And this was while he was at the CNN studio where you have to walk through a magnetometer, where you have to put your bag through this an X-ray, uh, an X-ray machine, and there are armed guards everywhere when you walk into CNN building. I've been there, I know. So either they're so ignorant that they don't realize all the guns protecting them, or they're purposely hypocritical. Maybe Liam Neeson thinks that Americans are against good guys having guns. I mean, I'm yet to see Liam Neeson or or Pierce Morgan or Rosie O'Donnell or anybody else say police officers shouldn't have guns. I'm yet to hear them say that. Police officers are not superhuman. They're amazing people. They do a very hard job, and I hope to God they go home uh, to their families tonight. Having said that, they're not superhuman. They're just your next-door neighbor. And if you feel better about your community because that good guy has a gun, you should feel better about your community because I have a gun. Or because, you know, most of our neighbors have guns. Because they're all good people going to work every day, supporting their families, living the American dream. Had there been one teacher at any of those, at any of those school shootings that you've heard about, one good guy with a gun at the theater shooting, one good guy with a gun at Virginia Tech, one good guy with a gun at Columbine who could have gotten to him, now at least you have a fighting chance. Most of these idiots kill themselves. And that, for me, is way too long. one 927 2639 Another Another Hollywood elitist who's got a ridiculous opinion about guns and, and the United States of America. Your thoughts on that when we come back on the Joe Pag Show. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. I think these are kind of interesting. Do you want the story about how often we should really shower? Hmm. Or do we want to do we want the story about um, the first date and how you're supposed to act on the first date? Mm, Maybe the shower one. I'm intrigued. You went to the shower one? Why? Well, you asked. What? I take a shower every day. That's weird. (laughs) it turns out i guess you're not supposed to shower every day you're not you didn't hear this no you're not one of the people who who um i actually put this to the test to me and you know this yeah um on thursdays i generally try to grab a shower that is your bath day yeah (laughs) it is (laughs) i know your poor family the question is how often do you really need to shower? Every day. According to science, so says yeah. Rachel Wilkerson Miller. She's the senior lifestyle editor who appears to be 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, again, maybe it's just because I'm old, <laughs> but I mean, 
Can you really be a senior anything at that age? No, not at 26. The clear I mean, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I mean, maybe 26. Let, let me see. Hmm. Uh, let me go to her Twitter and see what that looks like. Uh, married. She's kissing mm-hmm. a dude in her cover photo. Okay. Um, she's from Brooklyn and Houston. Interesting. I write about life, weddings, home, health, race, feminism, and vintagey things. Vintagey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I made up a word there. I'm not going to look at her. I'm not going to follow her. <laughs> Don't do that. No, she made up a word. I'm not going to follow her. Vintagey. All right, so here's what she says. Some people see showers as a necessary and lovely ritual that all mm-hmm. decent human beings do daily. Daily? What are you, yes. drunk? Yes. Daily? Day. Yes. Daily. I, I like to carry a little a little man smell around with me. <laughs> that's so disgusting. A little no. musk, if you will. Mm-mm, no. What? No. That's just gross. You know your husband doesn't shower every day. He does, too. Well, other believe it's a chore to avoid until the last possible minute and then do it as quickly as humanly possible. That's me. <laughs> okay. If you're in this category and have ever wondered how often you actually need to clean your body, the answer is not as often as Americans probably think. Mm. Oh, yeah. What is it? What is it? In other words, I'm right, you're wrong. Not once a week. Two dermatologists tell BuzzFeed life that most Americans shower way more than is necessary. Mm-hmm. According to Dr. Joshua Zeichner, Zeichner, something like that, assistant professor of dermatology at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City, how frequently we shower and what we perceive as body odor is, mm-hmm. quote, really more of a cultural phenomenon. Boston dermatologist Dr. Ranella Hirsch echoes this sentiment, quote, we overbathe in this country. (laughs) And that's really important to realize. She (laughs) says, a lot of the reason we do it is because of societal norms. So hold on a second. Let me me write that down. Hold on. That's when my wife says, did you shower? I'm going to (laughs) say, we overbathe in this country, according to Boston dermatologist Dr. Renella Hirsch. Yeah, I'm sure she'll buy that one. And those norms are mainly the result of good advertising, writes the writer. After the Civil War, both advertising and toilet soap i.e. soap for the body, became, oh yeah, toilet soap is what I use in my toilet. I don't know why we're calling body soap toilet soap. never said that, toilet soap. Became more prevalent in the United States, says Catherine Ashenberg, author of The Dirt on Clean and Unsanitary History. Americans turned out to be much more gullible and susceptible to these things than Europeans, Ashenberg tells BuzzFeed Life. Then in the 1920s and 1930s, more women entered the workforce and more Americans left their farms to work closely together in factories, leading to another major cultural focus on cleanliness and bathing. This time, it came from business books like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People and was mainly about success and attractiveness. Quote, germ theory didn't matter half as much as promises of beauty, Ashenberg says. But here's the one thing. Frequent showering may actually be doing more harm then good. I want you to listen up. What? This is important. Uh-huh. It could be doing more harm than good. <laughs> I don't see how. Zeichner and Hurst say that showering too often, particularly in hot water, can dry out and irritate the skin, wash away the good bacteria that naturally exists on your skin, and introduce small cracks that put you at a higher risk of infection. Both doctors say that parents should not bathe babies and toddlers daily. Zeichner says that early exposure to dirt and bacteria may make the skin less sensitive as you age and prevent allergies 
and conditions like eczema. While your activity level and climate will affect how often you'll want to shower, you probably should skip the daily shower and take one every two to three days. <gasps> two to three days? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, right no. in my wheelhouse. No. <laughs> right in my wheelhouse. No. And you have to. You work out. You probably sweat a lot. If you're you so inclined, must. you can clean the grossest part of your body with a soapy washcloth or cleansing towelette to remove odor-causing bacteria mm-hmm. on non-shower days. Grossest parts of your body equals face, underarms, under the breasts, genitals, and rear end. Oh, see, I don't do any of those. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so this is a real scientific study. Oh, man. No, it's not. And yes, I work out, and yes, oh. I shower every day. Duh. <laughs> for Carrie, for David, I'm Pags. We're out of here. Bye, believe it. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show.